Hello, hello. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. I'm Corey Dempsey. And I'm Andrew Beam. And we are here this week to discuss the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Cruise, because Top Gun Maverick is coming out, and I have never been so excited about a blockbuster movie. Not never, but like not in three years. It's almost like I needed more time for for it to, to be coming out. You know, <laughs> I, I think I, I think this could have been delayed a little further for me to really build the anticipation. I was excited two years ago. For some reason, my excitement waned a little. Yeah, now it's but, back. I'm fully, fully excited. Yeah, I, I need to figure out a way to see it this weekend. I, I agree with you that in, in a way it's back for me. And we are here with our good friend, John Stegman, to join us in this discussion of Mr. Cruz. Stegs, how you going doing? On? What's going on, boys? What's going on? Very, uh, very excited for this. See, I, I feel actually like a hybrid because the first time around, huh. I feel like I didn't get in there enough like I, I wasn't that excited like, i don't know like, I, top, top gun's good movie but uh, uh it's not one of my favorites um but now that i think now that i had a little more time to like burn on it i got a little more into it and now i'm uh i'm pretty jacked up about this movie i'm not gonna lie and we're already before... the danger zone <laughs> and before we get into this discussion we need to have our beer we all have three individual beers from my understanding and because Tom Cruise is an all-American actor who has been in some of the most all-American movies, see Top Gun, A Few Good Men, etc., I have the most all-American beer you could possibly have. It is a bottle, not a can, but a bottle of Budweiser. I mean, yeah, no, that's that's pretty fucking American. I mean, I don't know if I see the American flag used on more beers than this one. No. Now I have what one. should be the all-American beer that not enough people know about. But if you're from upstate New York, going with a nice Genesee, regular, not cream. You know who else is from upstate New York? Tom Cruise, Syracuse that native. So, that there is we go. so fucking true. Just you a know stone what, throw away from the Genesee Brewery. You know what, though? Kind of keeping in that same theme, I have a beer that is also American-made. And happens to come from an area that's not too far from the birthplace of Tom Cruise in Bloomfield, New York. Other halves, past and present, American cream ale. Now, the other thing I think that is fitting with this, though, past and pre- we're talking about the past Tom Cruise. We're talking about the present because <coughs> this man, he spans decades. Sure does. True. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's let's sync up these beer cracks here fellas there all right yeah. one Not two That sounded like the most aggressive pour. I can't believe that didn't froth over. It's just it I'm not gonna lie, it's been in my it's been in my garage for longer than, than it should have. So um we've got a couple of heat waves, so we'll see how this goes. Uh it's gonna oh be skunky God. as hell. It's good at all. Oh, that's lovely. All right, so let's get into this, fellas. We are doing this podcast in honor of the sequel to Top Gun coming. How many years later? Are we 36 years later from Top Gun? I think we are. I mean, that's kind of a ridiculous fact that you just put there. 36 years? Yeah, 85? I mean, 1986, that, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's 86? 
It's 85 or 86. It's been a long fucking time. Eight, and we are eight, finally eight, getting the sequel to this movie. It is 86. Yeah. As we mentioned in the opening, we are varying degrees of excitement. And our excitement has waned and wavered because it was initially announced in like 2019. And here we are in 2022. And we're finally getting it. How are we feeling right now about going to see this movie? I'm fucking pumped. I'm in. Like, I, I mean, I know I said that my my uh, excitement, my the intrigue for me kind of waned a little bit to see this movie because there's still that bit of me that feels that it could be a major letdown. Luckily, I feel like everything I've heard has said otherwise, um, which I don't want anything to get my hopes up. But when I initially heard about it, I was fucking stoked. And so it's just like, I don't know. Now, now I just think I'm a mixed a mixed bag of emotions at this stage. I feel like I uh, haven't been this excited for a movie in theaters here, uh, probably for a few years. Honestly, uh, for being truthful, it's probably since the last uh, since the last Mission Impossible was out too. So I just <laughs> I I covet these these Tom. You know, Tom does a nice thing. He only releases kind of a movie every couple of years, but every single time he just kind of one-ups himself. So if he can kind of bring that same mentality that he has with Mission Impossible to this, which it seems like he has, um, I am, I'm very excited. Yeah. All the early I mean, yeah. signs are that this is a just like pure blockbuster adrenaline ride and has all the elements of like the old movie, which is one of my favorites. So I could not be more excited. And my man, Glenn Powell, seems to feature highly in this. And I love Glenn Powell so much. Big Glenn Powell fan as well. <laughs> well. Also, too, you have to consider, I think what this is the last, now correct me if I'm wrong, this is the last performance of Val Kilmer's career before he basically lost his ability to speak. I thought he actually lost his ability to speak before like uh, before this movie was filmed, but they used the AI to like, oh, sculpt really? his voice. Yeah, I think they, it was like a, actually pretty interesting. I think they tie it into the plot from what I've, I haven't really tried to look at much, but like in the early pre-pro, I think that's what they were like. They were going to lean into it. Interesting. Okay. Interesting is right. I did not know anything about that. So I might be another level of intrigue. (laughs) I'm drinking Genesee over here. Let's not hold (laughs) my, my word too, too closely. Yeah. You're you're just coming out with the, with the the wonderful bag of treats over there. I guess, I guess the one thing that I'm curious about, do you, have you guys, Stegs, you said you haven't read much. Corey, have you been doing any, like, do you know about even scenes that people are talking about, that kind of stuff? Have you, or have you tried to keep a uh, little bit of a lid on it all? I always try and keep as much of a lid as possible because I want to go in like as fresh as possible. Obviously you hear things and you see people's reactions and you see like headlines that are just like blah, blah, blah. And you can't help yourself. Uh, so I've seen a bunch of things, but I haven't like dug into anything because I want to go in as fresh as I possibly can to it. Do we think that this is going to be a movie that really truly brings everyone to theaters? Like there's been some movies that have kind of done it, but I feel like this one is, I, I wasn't sure in my mind. And I just feel like maybe it's because I, I live in such an insular world in my own head. Uh, but in my mind, I feel like this could, this one could be wild in terms of bringing everyone back to the movie theater. I honestly have no idea what to think anymore because it seems like only comic book movies do that. But I am very hopeful that we can get a ton of people back in the theaters to just see like this fucking movie. Um, and one of the things I did see, I couldn't avoid it, was like they didn't use any CGI in any of the like airplane stuff. 
And I'm yes. just like so excited to see like, yes, practical stunts and effects because CGI bullshit just drives me nuts these days. And like unreasonably so. I I, I say that about myself, but like I just can't wait to see non-CGI stunts in just a big movie. And also like in that game, I feel like Tom Cruise is borderline at this point. The only single person doing that who's not like doing it gimmicky like i mean there's there's yeah. some people there like where they have movies come out and they're like oh this is practical stunts but i feel like the only ones that really just have it integral to the story is tom Cruise. i mean just i'm this is an aside point here but i don't know about you guys but no there isn't a single trailer for a movie out there that ups a tom cruise trailer for the last like 10 years at this point like like it just gets me so gripped wanting to watch it i remember when um fallout came out that jump out of the airplane actually when rogue nation came out too, him hanging onto the airplane like there's always at least one shot in every trailer that comes out now that's just like blows my mind it's insane um and i'm just like so I, that's why at this point like any any movie comes out with him i'm i'm game i completely agree with you while we're on this aside the only person who's in the same league as far as trailers go is jordan peele his trailers always fucking slap. And it's completely different, but his trailers, like when he had uh, that like version of Lenise's I Got Five on it in the Us trailer, I was fucking in. Like, oh my God, so excited. <laughs> I mean, dude, the, the latest one too with Nope, where you just yeah. see all this crazy shit happen. You don't really have to hear anything. And then you just see black screen, large letters. Nope. Nope. It's and so you, funny. You just, you know exactly what it means at that stage. You're just like, I need to see this. When is that coming out? The summer. Uh, yeah, I think end of July, I believe. Dude, it's not... honestly going to be a great summer of movies. I'm like, there's there's a, a lot. There's a lot. Is this is this the year like the big movies come back? Are we are we in it now? Is everything back to normal? In my head, it is, but I don't think it is by the by the uh, larger movie going public. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's go backwards now. We've talked about the present, as Beam said in his beer. We are talking about present and past. See? Let's go back to the past. Where did your love affair with Tom Cruise begin, Steggs? What was the movie that really started it for you? You know, I was trying to think about that, but I feel like honestly, we just like grew up with him. Um, but it's kind of funny because the, one of the movies that I feel like did kind of get me into it that I would really, really love, which honestly is probably the one I like the least of as far as as i've gotten older is mission impossible 2. um i remember that was one of the ones that i would rewatch all the time at that time i thought it was the coolest thing ever it was like that the matrix the original star wars and the rock were like that batch of movies i would watch all the time when i was really young um and like just it's not a bad movie now but just as far as his other stuff it just hasn't aged as well we were kind of talking about that earlier um but yeah i think realistically i mean while there are other ones like few good men that you know i think we all kind of watch all the time just because of it's on tbs every 15 seconds um and i i did also really love last samurai growing up but the the second mission impossible i think is the one that really got me like fully on the the cruise train beam i want to go to you in a second but i want to touch on that like i had a hard time with this question as well and i know that i made it up but like that that idea of him we just grew up and he was just kind of a part of the fabric of movies I had such a hard time identifying like one that was what made me fall in love with it. I could only identify like a time in college when I started to fall in love with Jerry Maguire, a few good men and Top Gun. And obviously those were like 
that was way after they came out, but like that was the time when I fell in love with those movies and started to rewatch them all the time with friends. So that's like the only thing I could really point to. Yeah, I mean, I remember going to pretty much every Tom Cruise movie growing up with uh, with my whole family. You know, we saw Minority Report. We saw. Um, I remember going to my my tradition growing up was like I always see a movie on my birthday, and um, you know, he was always a summer blockbuster guy. So uh, I, I remember I saw. Um, uh, War of the Worlds on my birthday. I definitely saw at least one or two other cruise movies on my birthday, but it's just, it's like an annual thing. It was just always there. Yeah. He was just always a part of it. It's, it's crazy to think about that. Beam, what about you? Oh, this is an easy one. It's Top Gun. I mean, it's like, there was, it's, uh, like, dude, that was, that was a movie that I think my parents will probably forever regret letting me watch when I was younger. This is going back to, you know, obviously it's a running theme on this, on this uh, show, uh, what my parents wouldn't, wouldn't let me watch movie wise. And this movie actually might've been uh, would sort of set the standard of what they would let me watch because it had, it felt like it had a lot of cursing for a PG movie, but I absorbed all of that and then would pretend I was in the movie Top Gun when I was riding the bus home from like fucking kindergarten. They had to like take me off the bus and, and like talk to my parents about it. I'm like he can't, he can't talk this way. Like he you can't, can't like, quote he, Top Gun on the bus. You just you just can't be doing it. So I learned a lot of cuss words. I think from the like shit. I learned the word shit because you just heard the word dog shit. I think from uh, not Viper. Who is it? Uh, yeah, Viper. Yeah, I don't know. And then so just that movie in general is just something that I constantly watched. And I also just was drawn to him as an actor so much that, yeah, I continued to just follow each movie that came out. Just kind of like you said, Stegs, like there was just a movie that came out every summer. My big one, my big one that I rewatched all the time. Probably no no surprise here. It was also Mission Impossible, too. I mean, the new metal soundtrack. uh <laughs> Just the John Woo antics, like I'm there for it. And then just everything else he made sense. Like, I mean, I remember back in high school, a friend of mine, Ryan Field, we literally spent like days upon days during the summer just like doing Tom Cruise movie marathons. So yeah, Top Gun was the one that set that all off. So this is really coming full circle for me, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's all about you. And yep. Stegs, you did not embark on this journey, but I hope you have comments for us. We went on a journey where we watched every single cruise movie during the pandemic. So we have seen every single one at this point, except for lions for lambs. Wait, I'm so, so here's the thing. We didn't talk about this before. I haven't watched it either. I'm so happy to hear that you didn't watch it. Yeah. It's not necessary. I I watched it when it came out. (laughs) It started as a joke that like we watched every single one and I wasn't going to watch this one. And then I was like, nah, I got to watch it and be completest. And then it became not a joke. And I was like, I don't need to watch this movie. (laughs) It's funny. I will say like, there's something about lions for lambs though, that I do. It does kind of bum me out and I'm sure we'll kind of get back to it eventually as he gets older. But like, there was that era of cruise, you know, and like basically through the entire eighties, you know, it was starting to happen with Top Gun and stuff, but like until Mission Impossible came out, like he wasn't a straight up action guy. You know, he was just like a good actor. Um, and Lions for Lambs, like he had kind of just done a bunch of straight up action movies. And I think there was like, oh, I'll do a couple of this in Valkyrie and Valkyrie was kind of pushed into the action territory as well. But like there was like that era of like, I think I'm going to try to you know, get back into a few, you know, random like actual acting movies. And that was such a dud that I kind of feel like it kind of killed that for a while. And obviously now at this point, 
him as a person is just more interested in, you know, the high level, like, I mean, no one does it to the level that he does it. So I kind of understand, but at the same time, I do feel like I would be down for like a few, the firms or uh, Jerry Maguire's like, even with like 70 year old uh, Tom Cruise, if he makes it to that level, cause he's probably gonna be jumping off of space needle or something like it uh, in the meantime. So who knows what happens. I don't know if I need Tom Cruise at this stage to making to make me feel anything other than just like absolute adrenaline. Because then, if I have to think about it more, then I think about who he truly is, and then it just kind of takes me out of it. So, Bib, what was that experience though like for you watching all of the Tom Cruise movies? It just felt right. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, That's it, it just felt like say it, no more. For some, reason, for some reason, it just felt like it was something I was meant to do. Um, and the reason why, I, well, no, it's just funny too. I think we should mention that uh, a previous multiple time guest and Stegs, one of your cohorts, uh, John Yost, is actually the reason we ever went on this journey because I think we were only going to watch like a select few Tom Cruise movies, and then he mentioned Legend, Good and movie. I was like. I've never heard of this. And he goes, yeah, heard of Legend, yeah. well, at the time. And he was like, yeah, it's a movie he did with Ridley Scott. You, you need to watch it. It's wild. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm down for something weird. And I saw that movie and I just texted Corey. I'm like, we need to do all of them. There's so many more of these. I feel like in this catalog. I have a question for you guys. Do you guys have older siblings? Are you guys, or are you guys on the like? Are you the oldest of your family? Or do you have older siblings, or what's like? Or do you have older cousins? I mean, what? Where are you in the age bracket of your family? Oldest, oldest. See that I feel like makes a lot of sense to me because what I was going to say is like I just I remember seeing all these movies to the point where like you know those type of movies that like a scene is imprinted in your brain and then all of a sudden like you finally figure out what it's from you're like holy shit I used to watch that all the time um that I'm on the younger side of my family my mom's one of nine my dad's one of five my mom's like on the I think the third or fourth youngest of her family my dad my dad's actually oldest but um you know a lot of people in his family had kids before you and uh so I, I grew up especially on my mom's side of the family like I had you know my some of my cousins right now are like in their almost in their 50s uh so like i grew up with hand-me-downs and movies and like a lot of stuff a lot of my my pop culture references to the point where like sometimes i kind of feel like i'm almost grew up in the 80s instead of growing up in the 90s um so i feel like you know legend was one of those ones that i had seen so many times to the point where like i didn't really know it was tom cruise um until later on but I remember just those devil horns, those giant devil, <laughs> like the, the Tim Curry uh, devil horns are like imprinted in my brain. And I remember seeing that so many times. Labyrinth is kind of, a, that's not a Tom Cruise movie, but like that's in that same realm. I used to, I kind of feel like they're that Willow and uh, Legend are all kind of like in the same zeitgeist at the time. I'm still yeah, no, I, I didn't have any of that. Like I'm the oldest on my mom's side and I had three cousins older than me, but like they weren't really into movies. We only played sports together. Um, so I had to discover all these things on my own and legend fell through the cracks, I guess. I'm still not convinced Tom Cruise is in that movie, but I, <laughs> it was pre, uh, I, no, I it didn't pre teeth caps. So it's a different person. True. I mean, hold on. Legend came out. It was in a really weird space too, wasn't it? It's like post risky business and pre top gun. 
which is just insane to and me. He only did I one movie I... in between those two, right? Right? All the right moves was probably right around that time. All the right move is the one uh, that's in between Risky Business and Legend. He just went right right from Legend to Top Gun. He probably wasn't so. really Cruise Cruise until after Top Gun, right? Like that was the one that really launched him from being like the young star to like an actual star. Yeah, that's the one that launched him. But Risky Business is the one that like put him on people's radar. Yeah, because you saw him sliding across in the in the sunglasses and in the, in the underwear, and that was like the iconic scene. That was like this guy's a fucking movie star. He just is like, I mean, just his movies, the reason probably why they take so long to make or like two years to make is because he just puts every single possible resource he can into a film. The dude is obsessed with movies. It's absolutely crazy. I actually yeah. do remember I said, I remember reading that he literally watches like, I think like two or three movies a day like in addition yeah, to his, his, to. his, yeah, it's crazy. It is wild. I mean, my experience, the only thing that I took away from it is there is just some bonkers deep cuts like endless love where he shows up for two minutes playing soccer and cut off jean shorts and the movie losing it, which is like Porky's before Porky's where they just go to Mexico to try and lose their virginity. There's some wild deep cuts in his catalog that I just, I didn't enjoy them, but it was kind of fun to watch because it was just like, this exists. What the fun, the crazy part about that is like, there's really, I feel like a lot of actors have like, 10 or those kind of movies before they really pick up. This guy has three movies before he hits, starts hitting like the legendary movie set. Like every movie that comes out is some part of pop culture. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, Taps I hadn't really heard of before this, which that was also like one of the more insane Tom Cruise roles that actually exists in his catalog. But that one was kind of good though. Like that was actually kind of a good movie. Losing it was just was. awful well, and losing it, also he... kind of funny. He clearly tried to erase it from anyone else's Existence. memory. Like, didn't like he wasn't even in the trailer. Like, I don't even think they they like barely mention him or whatever. It was like something like that where it was like he's trying to scrub this from his history. Yeah. Have you seen it, Stags? Losing it? No, I will say so. Losing it, I have not seen. Taps, I have not seen. Endless Love, I've seen parts of. But after that, I've seen out all of them. That was those are like three that. Did you see the parts of Endless Love where he's in it, which is literally two minutes? Yes. Yeah, okay. he's only he's like a side character in that movie. Oh, he's not just a side character. He's the most consequential character of that entire movie. Yeah, yeah the whole character. plot kind of hinges on him suggesting burning someone's house down. If it, if it were not <laughs> in a completely him, nothing scene. <laughs> if it were not for him just running into frame while wearing jean shorts, playing a soccer game, just to suggest that he burned this woman's house down just to get her affection, that movie wouldn't be what it is. Yeah, it all hinges on Cruise. Absolute trash. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible movie. I mean, so right. it, but I don't even. How did we? How did we even watch it? How did we find it? I'm pretty sure we ended up illegal streaming it, but it took a long time to find it on illegal streaming. We almost eBayed the DVD. Oh yeah, I forgot about because that, that was like the only way we could find it. <laughs> we were. Uh, that's all right. So that I mean, if you yeah, you want to ask what we take away from this whole journey. We were that committed. We yeah. were about to purchase the movie, losing it. The one movie that Tom Cruise tried to apparently get himself removed from. We, I don't know this. Again, it just looks like he tried to get himself to disappear from this movie. We wanted to make sure that we had a hard copy or just some way to watch it. It could also be this, just like a, just a bad movie. I mean, how many of the like Porky's ripoffs were like a dime a dozen in the early eighties? That's like, the, you know, I feel like every. Uh, I mean, Tom uh, Tom Hanks has one of those. You know. 
I feel like some people could have been charged with sexual assault, assault just for like appearing in this movie. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, that's bad. fair. It's that bad. It's fucking. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. We talked about the bad. Let's talk about the good. We are going to be drafting Tom Cruise movies to try and construct our ideal roster of Cruise films. We are all going to have six picks rather than the standard five because six picks each means 18 total movies and F-18s are what they fly in Top Gun. And that seems thematically appropriate. Thanks for that suggestion. It's fucking brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) And the only caveat or rule is that not every single Mission Impossible movie is available. The Mission Impossible franchise will be represented by one person choosing one of the Mission Impossible movies. That then takes all the rest off the board. Because that would just be kind of boring if we just went on a run of picking a Mission Impossible movies. Because I think it's possible four of them are absolutely incredible. I'd say probably five. We're just going to cast two aside. Yeah, I think two hasn't aged well, even still, though it was very important growing no, up. Still a good movie, but it's uh, <laughs> it's like a museum piece at this point. Yeah, a little okay. bit. I like how you concede for no reason in particular. It's a good movie. Eh, <laughs> it's not. It's really not. No, it is. It's good. It's, it's kind of fun though. Still, the rock right. climbing, bike scene. Yeah. Yeah. There's moments. It has. I mean, also the plot is not bad either. It's just so stylized. It's like wacky. <laughs> All right, so we are going to do this draft in a snake fashion, and I am going to randomly choose the order via a online spinning wheel of names. We have Steggs, Beam, and Corey, and I'm going to spin for the first pick now. All right, Steggs, you have the first pick, sir. Oh, all righty. Well, I think I'm going to have to... we got to determine the rest of the order. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm very eager for this here. Clearly. All right. I got the second pick. Beam, you got the third pick, and you got two in a row in the snake uh, order. So you get two on the turn. All right. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how to handle that. Now I got to really think about this. I know. I, Steggs is going to take something I want off the board, and I'm going to be upset with him, but it's just going to be what it is. Because almost 90% of his films are amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, should I kick this off? Yeah, Steggs, number one pick. What do you got? All right, number one pick. I think because it is available, I'm going to have to roll with a Mission Impossible. And this is not the easiest pick, though, because I have to make a designation. But ultimately, I feel like it needs to be said. I mean, these are legendary movies. It's arguably the best action franchise of all time. Um, And it's kind of the pinnacle of it. Honestly, it's like a pinnacle of action filmmaking like nowadays, especially the way they do it. They go crazy. I will say I'll narrow it down to two that to start with i would say i will have to go fallout which you know number six because it's unbelievable i stand on the hill that i think it's one of the best action movies ever made um and then i also have to go ghost protocol because i think that is tonally kind of what kicked off the last three being like it's like it's just a different series four five six are all kind of in a different realm yeah and Steggs, while you're deciding on that i want to say a couple things i have a deep affection for fast and the furious franchise, but objectively speaking, 
Mission Impossible is like they're better movies on the whole and more consistent. Fallout and Ghost Protocol are the two best action movies of the last ten years. Like no salute, doubt. Salute, salute, <laughs> familiar. Yeah. They are literally just better actors that are involved in it. Too. Like the storyline is cohesive. <laughs> you have Vin yeah. Diesel or Tom Cruise. It's a pretty easy pick. <laughs> it really is. Even though I love Vin, I love Vin so much. Uh, well, actually, here, here's the question. So, if we had, an, if do you guys cast your votes for four or six? I'm going to choose either way, but I'm curious. So, if it was me personally, I would go Ghost Protocol, but it's like the slimmest of margins. It's that scene where he's climbing the outside of the tower in Dubai. I don't think in the theaters I've ever had sweatier palms than when I was watching that scene. It was so fucking tense. And then after that scene, immediately he's running away from a sandstorm. And Tom Cruise running is a very important theme, but he's running through and away from a standstorm. So that one is the one for me by the slimmest of margins, though. I mean, also to, yeah, it's it's really the sandstorm is the one I remember. That one's amazing. But I, what I will say is that I wouldn't pick either of these. Yeah, you I choose with, three, which is weird. I that is that is real weird. <laughs> It's one because it's one because I thought Philip Seymour Hoffman was the most intriguing character, and two, I also thought it was like the most consequential of all of it. It just set the course for the rest of the Mission Impossible's. What happens I mean, when his wife gets kidnapped? Philip Seymour Hoffman is amazing. I'll give you that, but <laughs> but very odd pick, man. I, like no. I did not see that coming. Sticking um, with it, the one that was the most pulled into. I'm gonna have but to. I, of the two, I would pick four. I'm actually I'm gonna be I'm gonna be contrarian here. I'm gonna go with six. I think number four, by all means, up until this exact moment where you guys both picked other things, and now I feel like I gotta do this. But uh, I would normally say Ghost Protocol, but I think from a, just a sheer longevity standpoint, I think there are two, at least two shots in in Fallout. I think the stories are just as strong for both of them, but I think there's two shots in uh, Fallout that are like maybe some of the best shots just I've ever seen um, the, the jumping out of the airplane one. Um, and then the whole helicopter piloting aspect where he literally learned to pilot helicopters. So he, and then this is also what gets me jacked up for Top Gun Maverick, because like he put the same mentality into the, the jet uh, flying and they had basically coming up with an entire new camera rig to get shots that until that moment were never possible, but him holding on to that dangling, like net and climbing up into a helicopter some of those shots like they were just blew my mind just watching it was i was like i cannot believe i'm watching someone actually like a like someone who is that famous do this um and it just kind of it's it was pretty pretty awesome i will say the bathroom fight in fallout is probably my favorite fight scene in the whole franchise it's sick it's so fucking it's good. so good it really is good I'm gonna need to watch this tonight. I think I like. I knew I needed to revisit the Mission Impossible movies. This just been a minute. Uh, oh, I'm going through the whole franchise before the new one comes out. I'm so pumped. Oh, same. I would say I would say I pretty much revisit one and then three through six at least once a year. I, I watch them all the time. I love those <laughs> movies so two, much. Huh? I, I will say I have a hard time watching two. Uh, I really do. I, I like. I've tried to do it a couple times, and I'll watch pieces of it. Like I said, there is definitely still some really good scenes, but whole. Like, like the other ones, even number one, it's like that just aged so well. It's just, it's yeah. just as good as the other ones, and it's it was just so weird oh, when you think about it. Like, different. oh no, I've not one. Yeah, one is like still in the kind of the same dynamic. Like, two is just like, yeah, it's like a completely different movie. It doesn't fit in the franchise at all. 
so odd. It's like they if they did like a claymation uh, James Bond movie. Like it just might be cool, <laughs> but it just doesn't fit at all. <laughs> all right, so Bond movie. I love that. <laughs> so I've had far too much time. I am on the clock with number two. And oh. Stegs, I'm really happy you actually didn't pick my movie. Um, my number one pick is A Few Good Men, Daniel Caffey. Probably my favorite character that Tom Cruise has ever played. There's a couple like oddities of this movie, like the way that he drinks a beer. It looks like Tom Cruise has never drank a beer before in his life. The fact that he always carries around that baseball bat and they just like work it into the plot, like I think better with my bat. Um, and the fact that he goes toe to toe with Nicholson in the final scene, like he is a great actor. He really is. Even though he's chosen to just like go the movie star route, he goes toe to toe with Nicholson in that final scene. And it's just epic. So A Few Good Men is probably my favorite Cruise movie. And I'm going to take it in the number two spot here. That's a solid pick. That was actually, honestly, if, if Mission Impossible wasn't available, um, that would have probably been my pick. It's so good. It's one of the most watchable movies of all time. I mean, I, I also love law movies, but that's like, it's just so good. But it's like a peak law movie too. Like when you think Maybe about the, the courtroom drama, it's one of the best. It's so yeah. good, man. That was exactly the point yeah. I was making with Lions for Lambs too. Like that's what, like that's what we're missing. I mean, granted, like like being what you were saying, like all the stuff that he does now doesn't make me miss it that much. But when you see that movie, you're like, there is something in there that I would love to still see. Yeah. Great. I don't disagree with that. Um, no, because he is a phenomenal actor. Otherwise, like you get to see his acting chops and things like Magnolia and and um, like like seriously in that. I think Vanilla Sky showed it a little bit, too. I mean, obviously, Jerry Maguire, but like, I, no, a few good men is, is a solid choice. The beer drinking part, him getting drunk, that whole scene is just incredibly laughable because in Days of Thunder, he does a great job showing how he gets drunk. And um or at least knows at least some way how to drink now it does beg the question though like has tom cruise ever really gotten drunk does he drink i don't think so his body is a temple cocaine anything definitely not cocaine now maybe just maybe just like vitamin b12 uh you guys are blowing my mind right now though is that like i've watched this movie so many times i don't think i've ever even thought about the beer drinking scene ever uh-huh. Go back and watch it, dude. He doesn't know how to drink beer. He doesn't know how to act drunk, suggesting that he has never been drunk in his life before. It's it's kind of a bonker scene, but it's also a really good scene. Um, it, yeah, it no, I remember the scene. I just, I just now, does that say more about Tom Cruise's drinking beer? Or does that say more about the host's <laughs> affinity for drinking beer on this podcast? Uh, oh, I think it's probably don't... a combination of the two. <laughs> don't try and turn that on us. Come on, now. That's not fair. No, as we all fair. sip from our as we all <laughs> sip from our pints. <laughs> the beer drinking is not accurate in this film. <laughs> this, this is this this is <laughs> It's not a knock against it. It's just like an oddity of the movie. <laughs> no, I, I I I like it. It's just you know what you know, right? You you know what you're good at, and there, there we know. They should have yeah, consulted. I know how to drink beer. Beer <laughs> Sorry, that's the thing that just stuck out to me. I don't know. They should have consulted the fine people at Genesee Brewery on how to drink a fine pint. Just so you know, folks, he does this amazing thing with them by letting them heat, re- heat cool down, and reheat over several different cycles before drinking them. It's a new method. Yeah, I mean, I basically... Stop stalling. It's your pick. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, no, I know exactly who I'm going for. Uh, you got two, two. You got back-to-back. 
Oh yeah, I don't have my second one picked. Um, oh yeah, it's 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 Nathan Algren, uh, from Last Samurai. Uh, in terms of movies where I feel like he, like, so what? He did all these different action movies. Well, actually, no, this was after Mission Impossible Two and before I guess all this really sort of takes off. But like, this was one of those ones where I felt like you really got to see some of his acting. It was a little more of a subtle role. Uh, one where I think you got to see a bit of his acting chops sort of involved, which I I really enjoy about it. Fantastic action scenes that are involved with it. I'm going to believe that he does know how to do all of that sword fighting. And uh, it's one that I think I've I've had the easiest time being able to rewatch it. It's one that's just stuck out into my mind. Plus, I think the character, obviously, it starts as flawed, uh, being the alcoholic that he is. And then, you know, kind of evolving in sort of his thoughts on war and just everything else as, as being a human being. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that film. Um, also another film where he proves he doesn't know how to drink because when he's doing the whole sake scene, I don't understand what he's, I don't like, dude, you, you can't just lift it up to your mouth. Like what the fuck's going on? I, I, I'm actually bummed you picked that. Not because I don't think it deserves to be there because I wanted to pick it. <laughs> it's such a good movie. I love he's that movie so much. Right? Yeah. It's also, it's just, I don't, it's kind of funny because you wouldn't necessarily think it would be like a super rewatchable movie just because of like it's a little heavier, it's a little more of a drama, it's kind of slower paced, but it is just an excellently rewatchable movie. I love that movie so much. Um, one of my favorite little, I also was, like that was a good like Edward Zwick, right? That was who directed that movie. Yeah, um, that was a good era of Edward Zwick movies. He just. Um, one of my favorite little tidbits, actually, also Ken Watanabe in that movie is like that was like my introduction to Ken Watanabe. I love he's so good. Dude, same so for much. me because I I loved him in that movie. I wanted to keep watching movies that he was in after that. As a result, Just Ken solid. Watanabe is great, and they were solid performances from everyone. I'm sorry, um, because he was also in the Princess Diana movie, Spencer. Ooh. Yeah, I believe so. There's there's an there's amazing little side I mean side characters and that's a great cast like you got uh Timothy Spall is yep. in there um who plays the like the villain uh, I forget the the American guy he's a uh, bad guy in Ghost I always forget his name no he's phenomenal in that and yeah, he's I'm awesome really blanking on it well, voice of Tarzan you guys should remember this guy <laughs> he's a good actor right my bad no that's a great that's a great pick Beam what's your second pick Corey you didn't weigh in on this one. I, I'm a huge fan of Last Samurai. I uh, wouldn't have taken it myself just because I don't have a huge personal relationship to it, but it is a good cruise film. Um, some of the action scenes and like the war scenes when they're charging in together are really, really something. Uh, reminded me of Edward Zwick's, uh, one of his first films, Glory, and they have those chaotic battle scenes that are just crazy. Um, so I'm a fan. I, I wouldn't have picked it myself, but good for you. Um, Tony Goldwyn, I think, is who we're looking for. Yep. yep. And then ah. also, how could we forget the fantastic performance from Billy Connolly? But oh, my second thing. Um, and I'm going to go with Chief John Anderton from the movie Minority Report. That movie is also another rewatchable for me. I can watch that a million times over. I think it might be one of my, I think it is in my top two favorite in terms of Tom Cruise movies. Um, love what he does in it. Great mix of action in his acting. I just think it's one of the most solid movies. I'll let y'all discuss. Big fan of Minority Report. The uh, opening 15 minutes is one of the finest opening 15 minutes of any movie ever, straight up. Uh, it does slow down a bit for me after that, but I'm a big fan of Minority Report. I respect it. 
also wouldn't have picked it, so I'm glad my movies are on the board still. <laughs> no, I love I love Minority Report. I remember seeing it in theaters, like I said earlier, and uh, um, that was like the first Spielberg uh, cruise combo during like the early mid two thousands. That was like a, they were they were fans of each other. Um, that was. Yeah, I mean it's a great movie. Um, honestly, my favorite part of that movie is when they're in the uh, Audi dealership, or not dealership, the uh, factory, and he gets that little like percussion gun. He goes a little, he like swings it around. And he's shooting all over like the choreography in that. Uh, man, I love that so much. In fact, I've like referenced it a lot when working with directors. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a great scene. We should do that. Um, but yeah, that's a. I'm, I'm a fan of that movie. I don't oh, know. the other one I love is when uh, he's getting the surgery from Stormar. That shit's uh, that mm. shit's tense, and Stormar is just like off the wall. <laughs> and that's fan. one that, and that's one that always sticks with me for sure. Or then when they're also in the automotive plant, and he gets into the fi- the fist fight with Colin Farrell. That is one of my favorites too, as oh, well. That is yeah. such a fan- phenomenal scene. So also like the first introduction to Colin Farrell is one of my favorites. Uh, plus, the, I've never seen a better slow seep of blood into a shirt than in the scene where <laughs> Colin Farrell, spoiler, gets shot in the chest. It is so if have, good. If you haven't seen Minority Report, you can fuck right off. Like, I don't know what you're doing. You should be, this should be something you have watched five times already. I literally had to spend, when I was making a movie with, uh, man, I forget what movie it was, but uh, I had to do a slow, like, seep of blood like that in a shirt, and it took me so many times just trying to get close to what Minority Report looked like, and I still really didn't get there, but it was, uh, man, that's such a good scene. Exactly. Yeah, sorry you didn't have the uh, budget of Spielberg there, Stegs. I know. Yeah, I, gotta do what I, gotta do. <laughs> I also really appreciate you uh, continuing to make my case for me, so thank you. That's my move. That's my move. <laughs> All right, so I'm back up, and my movie is still available, which I'm very pleased about. I am going with Jerry Maguire, where he Son plays Jerry bitch, Maguire. Man. You're taking all my movies, man. <laughs> I was actually really uh, excited to take Jerry Maguire from you, because I knew you were going to pick that, and I forgot that oh, you were picked before me. Yeah, dog. So Jerry Maguire, to me, it like spans two of my favorite genres of movies. It's both a sports movie and a rom-com all built into one. Um, and it's really good at being both. Um, it's got this tremendous cast of, you know, minor characters. I, I shouldn't say minor, you know, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. as Til- Rod Tillman is pretty epic in that movie. The little kid, Renee Zellweger, like everyone's in this movie and Cruz's bat in a thousand it's really the only time where he's been like the charming romantic lead. Like there's always little things of him being like kind of a romantic in these movies, but he's never been like, that's the sole focus. Um, and he just nails it in this. So yeah, I'm taking Jerry Maguire. That's a great, I mean, that's, that's an excellent movie. Uh, I do, I do agree. I think it's maybe the best like dual, genre movie in that kind of capacity like it can't really make up its mind but it's excellent on both fronts uh which is i mean great for a rom-com because it gets more people in the seats that might not have normally seen it um but another thing i love about that movie is uh, just cameron crow from that era and you yeah. know cruise had a like he had a good knack for working with big directors at the, their peak of their powers but because that almost famous is one of my all-time favorite movies but that has the exact same like vibe as jerry Maguire and those two movies together as a pairing are like like sometimes i don't know about you guys but like when i'm trying to watch a movie like the reason it takes me so time like so long to pick a movie out like on streaming is because i'm not really looking for anything like genre specific or anything i'm looking for like just a vibe and if, if i had to give like a vibe like almost famous and jerry Maguire have like the same vibe and it's a good one 
basically just need to keep watching Cameron Crowe movies. Yeah, but Cameron, if you continue, it gets really not good. <laughs> but have you seen I, I would throw singles and say anything in that. They they also have a similar vibe. Not quite the same, but similar. Those four movies, like Cameron Crowe just nailed. So is my vibe. I love that. Movie. Aloha. Big, big giant fan of Aloha. <laughs> no, hard pass on Aloha. No one said that, Stags. Jesus. No, we bought a zoo is not bad, I guess. Uh, it's not the same, but like, there, it's just not the same vibe. Like, say anything doesn't have the same vibe as um, as Almost Famous or Jerry Maguire. It's just like those, those two kind of eh. charming stuff. Oh, man. Iconic scenes. I think it's also the pairing of of music though too i mean like like the mm-hmm. uh, secret secret garden by uh by bruce springsteen like i know it's just like a kind of a like a b-side single but that's that's a great track and that's obviously part of um Jim mcguire oh yeah peter gabriel and say anything fuck off stags say anything's money say anything's great <laughs> i just don't think it has the, i i i love say anything i just don't think it has the same exact vibe as as uh those two all right stags you're up you got two picks here edge of tomorrow Damn wow. it! Wow, that's a great pick. That yep. is a great pick. Love that pick. That that movie came out of nowhere for me, and I I mean I saw it coming out and everything, and but I just it was kind of after he'd done a couple movies that were just they weren't bad, but they just kind of weren't like great. And when that came out, I, honestly, it was like one of my. It's honestly it's even today, it's it's one of my favorite like sci-fi action movies. It's just so good. It's like a clever plot. And I remember seeing that in pre-pro for so long that I was kind of like interested in what it was when it came out. I was just kind of just kind of blew my mind. It was really, really good. Yeah, I mean, Groundhog Day in a sci-fi movie, I'm fucking in. You know how much I love Groundhog Day. And, like, put that in a sci-fi action epic? Yeah, let's fucking go. Emily Blunt is also, like, outstanding in that movie. She out, even outshines Cruz, honestly, to me. To a certain extent, she definitely does. I mean, this is a movie too where I actually this is it came out during a period when I just wrote off Tom Cruise. Once the Scientology shit came out, I was just like, I don't know if I can follow this. I can't, I can't go and see Cruise movies. I also think for whatever reason, I just he was just tainted for me. I was just like, nah, it's not going to be a good movie. So then when we started doing this thing and I saw that movie, I was like, oh, this is this is one I need to watch a bunch of times. Like this, this is that that movie is phenomenal. Yes, the mix of sci-fi and groundhog's day is just like i I could watch that over and over so good um second pick of the two here this one is i'm gonna say the first time i'm gonna have a real hard time making a decision i almost feel like i have to take one that i don't i wouldn't necessarily put in this mix at this moment but just because it's still available i'm gonna have to go top gun oh beam that was never getting back around to you let's be real (laughs) I, I do. Did you see how close it was? I don't necessarily nah, even know if I close. like. As far as me personally, if we're doing a draft for my own team, um, I'm not sure I would do it. But it's kind of like having like Christian McCaffrey on the board in the second round. Like I just kind of still have to take it. Yeah, I mean, Top Gun's incredible. Like, I, it may not be like your particular cup of tea, but it's what launched Tom Cruise. It's like the most important Tom Cruise movie. There are so many epic things from it. It is so awesome and such a like picture of the eighties. Yeah, I also don't want to mislead saying it's not my cup of tea. It is my like I love this movie. It's it's not we're at this point though like just the crop that's next. It's like like I can either pick like a really like not really obscure but like a slightly more obscure movie that I personally like more. Um, but Top Gun is still like I mean I, I, it's an excellent movie. There's a reason I'm excited to see the new one too. Like it's always it's a classic. You know, I actually wasn't sure where you were with this, Stags. 
I mean, you, you were you were talking a little bit of shit about it, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> As, it's not my favorite movie of all time. You guys fucking hate this movie. <laughs> it's, 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 I still like it. It's a great, it's a good movie. I, I've watched this movie a lot of times, um, but it's just. Uh, I mean, I, like I said, I don't want to show my cards here and tell you the rest of the movies that I would rather have as my own movies, just movies I re- revisit more often. But Top Gun, I mean, I watch it every couple of years. I really want to hear those. Can we revisit that part? <laughs> so the two things I want to point out about Top Gun that are just my favorite things are the beach volleyball scene when they're all oiled up could never exist in any other time but like 1984 to 1987 with Tony Scott directing. No other movie could get away with it except if it was that period. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 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 of course one of the most memorable scenes. And are we are we going to get a little bit of that in the new one? If they, I think it, there's a beach football scene. If I've yeah, seen I think it's coming correctly. Oh, they change up the sport. That's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, the second thing about it is the sex scene between him and uh, Kelly McGinnis is one of the most awkward things. It also makes me think Tom Cruise doesn't know how to kiss people. When they're in silhouette and they're just kissing, it's just like the weirdest fucking thing. Like no one kisses like that. I have a, I have to imagine that must have been like a very oddly directed scene because it's yes. a very specific look. I can't imagine it was like a a normal scene to film. Uh, it's the most awkward sex scene in any movie ever, but it's still like I kind of like it because it's just so bizarre. I think also though it's changing to- like topics a little bit, but like one of the things about this movie that is really good and kind of is a precursor to where he ended up going film wise is like this, this has some of the most realistic and well shot and just really awesome flying scenes ever on yeah. film, which like, and, and if you kind of see that, I feel like maybe that set him up to just realize he doesn't want to do things that's like authentic, which is why at this point, it's almost like an insane commitment to that, uh, <laughs> that no one else could possibly do. Uh, but I will say that's like one of the reasons that this movie probably has the longevity that it does because it is awesome. I mean, I kind of want to, I'm now just kind of curious, like who is his stuntman, And what is that like? He doesn't have one now. Most it's him now. Like he just does his own shit. I just love that he's gotten older and he's just eliminated the need for a stunt man. I mean, back then he definitely had one because I know movies probably wouldn't let him do certain things. But at this point, that's why he has his own production company. So he can yeah. just no sign off on his own stuff. Does whatever No one wants. tells Tom Cruise no now. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go to my next pick. So my third round pick, I am going to go... Uh, I'm going to go Collateral. Michael Mann is my fucking guy, as evidenced by Heat being my favorite movie of all time. But Collateral is up there, man. And it's such an it's – it's another oddity in Cruz's filmography because he rarely ever plays the bad guy. It's only been like two or three times. And him going with like the all Silver Fox look is really something. And the way he talks about Miles Davis and jazz in that club scene is one of my favorite things ever. Um, Collateral has just a lot of my favorite bits in movies, and I really love it. That was uh, one of the ones that I was arguably going to choose over Top Gun, but I couldn't do it. Uh, that is, oh, God, I love that movie so much. And honestly, to this day, spoiler alert again, but um, not many movie deaths have bummed me out as much as Mark Ruffalo getting shot uh, coming out of the club. <laughs> it's fucking heavy. It's a great movie. And, like, <laughs> the only knock against it because I've seen it so many times is I feel like no one could ever drive in LA like that. There's just too much traffic, but 
alas, I'm still I'm still very into that movie. Nope, that is the one I was gonna go with next. It is unfortunate it is off the board because I do. It's you just in terms of if you're gonna draft a squad. Listen, you need the kind of dark, mysterious one, and I he's also an enforcer. So you just kind of you got to kind of have someone like Vincent on your on your side. Yeah, Tom Cruise is a great fucking although man. messy. He was very messy in a lot. Like his first kill, <laughs> he fucked up majorly, and it just set the course off a real shitty night for him. And Jamie Foxx. He really put Jamie Foxx in the lurch. It's not about Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Let's not, and also, obviously, the subway system. You know, that's they have to clean up, too. So, like, you know, <laughs> just not really thinking of other people, really. No. Fucking everyone's life up. <laughs> Bean, what do you got? This is hard, man. Because now, 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 the, now the real good ones are gone. I think I got to go, though, with... Um, I think I got to go with uh, with Vincent from The Color of Money. Um, oh, one, you motherfucker! Damn, such a good. I pick. wanted that one. I no, wanted that one that, so bad. And I and I knew that was an obvious one, but like his character in that is just phenomenal. Um, I mean, that is that is one. That actually, it took me forever to watch. Like this is this is the first time I watched it. Was watching with that, but like you know the back and forth with him and Paul Newman, um, and just sort of. The, the you know the taking him on the wing and just sort of like the competition side of it and just also too if i'm going to have someone on my team you need a little bit of the the cocky kind of flashy showboater who also can like back his shit up so i think that's why i got to take vince in here i honestly feel like that's not the obvious pick like i i think i think there's a lot of people that don't remember that movie um i think it's kind really? of forgotten in the 80s I think it's also one of the ones that people forget Scorsese even directed. That movie is such a sneaky good movie. I it's mean, obviously, so obviously it's you know Paul Newman vehicle, so like it, it is good for that reason. But then it's just elevated by having like that's another movie that makes me want like you realize Cruz can actually act, uh, and it's I love that movie so much. Like just stylistically, I, I actually have a very specific time when I watched that movie. It was in like early college. I was it was junior year. And it was, I had this one apartment and it was like this tiny little room. It was all glass and my bed barely fit on the side, but it was only like a TV, like three feet from me. And I used to watch movies for film class there. And I watched that movie and it was like, I just such a moment in my head that I love. I just love watching that movie. Yeah. I think color of money has my sink. Like it's not my favorite movie start to back with Tom Cruise, but it has my individual favorite Tom Cruise scene. And it's when he's in that club and Werewolves of London is playing and he's doing all the trick shots. Like that is the most charming anyone has ever been on a screen while also being about two seconds away from getting stabbed because he's being too charming. Um, And he just plays it perfectly. Like it's that perfect balance of like cocky asshole that's about to get his shit rocked, but like doesn't because he's that charming. It's fucking awesome. I'm just saying you got to have that guy on your team. And yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy he's with me now. Of, of, of all the ones that got taken away from me, I'm happy he's with me. It's a good pick, Beam. So I think I'm next then, right? Yep, you got another one. I'm going to go with David Ames from Vanilla Sky. That is one. That's fine. You can have that one. I know. I This one is just even <laughs> to my heart. This is this is one that this is. I, I still love this movie. It's super weird. I understand. I don't know. It's one It's one that I watched. I think it was like, I remember just like having Mono broke up with the girlfriend was watching <laughs> and it just made me so gosh darn wistful 
and 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 just wanting someone like Sophia. So no, I just I I, I do I, I do love it a lot. I who oh, the fucking a why am I forgetting his name? Who's the other guy that was with him in that? I don't know. Cameron Crowe directed it though. Another Cameron Crowe appearance. It is another Cameron Crowe, and I know, I know, we kind of named which ones were the good, uh, the good Cameron Crowe one. But Jason Lee, I also really liked him in this as well. And also, you had a pretty crazy ass Cameron Diaz performance in it. Um, I mean, just I don't know, and the soundtrack that went with with this film, just how it fits certain scenes of the movie as well, and just how it just sort of upped the ante of a lot of scenes, uh, and introduced me to a lot of different music too. I mean, that's also just something that Cameron Crowe is really good at. Uh, no, this, this this is one I'm taking, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm happy to have it. It's an emo movie for an emo time in your life, and I'm happy for you. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Stegs, any thoughts, or you want to just move on? Nah, I'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> We're all happy for you, Bean. Good. Thank you. Yeah, Thank I, you. Think, I think that's it's a solid movie, but that's I think to me that's like Cameron Crowe. Like that's the evidence that it's not as good as the last two movies he made. That's um, one I love. I hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, we're happy for you. I am going to go. Shit, I don't know what I'm going to do. Actually, I got my villain, so I do know what I'm going to do. I'm going with the firm. Oh, son of a bitch! Get the fuck all movies off this off this the, <laughs> the list, man. Dude, you got Top Gun and Mission Impossible. Like, take yeah, Top Gun. I'll take I'll take your two long movies. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you want to organize a trade here? Yeah, we're gonna have to do a trade. I think. <laughs> now the firm is excellent, and you know I mentioned before that Tom Cruise running is a very important trope in all of his movies, and I actually think this is peak Tom Cruise running in this movie. It's when he's running away from the house and he's in like a full business suit and he's running full speed. I've never been more impressed. Um, and I don't think it's quite as good as A Few Good Men, but it's up there as far as like legal thrillers. It's also different. It's not like a courtroom thriller. It's like an investigative side of like the legal thriller. It still has some courtroom elements, but it's it's really excellent. Gene Hackman is a great kind of uh, scene partner in all these movies or in this movie for him. And yeah, huge fan of the firm. I, I love that movie. I mean, it's another movie I watch a lot. I mean, I, I'm a big law movie guy in general. It's one of my favorite genres. Um, I would also say, like, Few Good Men, Few Good Men isn't really a, a thriller, you know? It's kind of just like a drama. Um, yeah, it's more of a like, procedural. Yeah, like, The Firm is definitively a thriller, and that's why, I mean, it definitely has, it doesn't really take place in a courtroom. Uh, but, you know, it, it's definitely, I mean, you get Ed Harris, like, the, the side players, David Stratern, um, Gene Triplehorn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a it's a great movie, and I I just love Grisham movies, and it's nice to have one with with Cruz. You know, I think that's kind of what put Grisham on the map to a certain degree, and then kind of made it like a trope for that decade from that movie on. Yeah, I mean, he also wrote the Rainmaker, right? And then Coppola did that with Damon. It's kind of like a, a similar I mean, thing. Runaway Jury is him. Pelican Brief is him. Um, the Client is him. Uh, like all those John Grisham movies from that era. Uh, the firm is definitely the peak of all those. I think I personally, I mean, I would I would stand on the uh, on the uh, the Rainmaker personally, but uh, I also wow. think like the firm is definitely the biggest of those movies. Is that just yeah. because you wish you had the firm in your draft? No, Rainmaker is literally a top three movie of all time for me. I love it. Is that your favorite Coppola? <laughs> Yeah, honestly, you put that ahead of The Godfather. No, I don't, I wouldn't put it ahead of that. But like for me personally, it is my personal favorite Coppola movie. I love right. that movie so much. All right, Stegs, you got two picks here. 
Yeah, I, honestly, I kind of just got like my ankles cut out from here. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's going to drop it off hard here. Dude, what are you going to do? I'm actually very curious. These last two picks are going to be like very personal taste because yeah. all the big ones I feel like are off the board. Beam's been going personal taste the whole time. Yeah, thanks for that vanilla sky <laughs> pick. It gave us it gave us a break. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Um, I think he like forgot vanilla sky towards ACL before the season uh, started. So yeah, he could have easily had it at pick yeah. six, but uh, you know yeah. he's taking it. He's got a PD suspension for the first six games of the season. <laughs> No, I got a sleeper that's coming up. Don't you worry. Uh, all right, I'm gonna roll with, yeah, I'm gonna roll with Jack Reacher. Strictly, okay. honestly, like I know all the gripes with Jack Reacher. I understand that he was not nearly the size, the person, like the person. And there's actually a like, there's a specific moment of that film that really bothers me because of that, where they could have easily just taken the line out, but they like they uh, the police go up to the hotel clerk and they're like, uh, "Do you have anyone here who could kill a guy with one punch?" And they're like room four and they're like huh and he's like you'll know it when you see him you're like when you see five seven tom cruise he just you're gonna know what he can kill, kill a guy with one punch like what the hell are you talking about the character is supposed to be six six two sixty or something like that like um but that, just an easy line to remove either way uh, i'm digressing here i think that is one of the best throwback 70s action movies made in the last 20 years it is so rewatchable um that's another movie that kind of came out of left field for me i didn't expect it to be that good um and i I will watch that anytime it's on TV. Big fan. The original Jack Reacher has no business being as good as it is. It's kind of like a shit movie and a shit concept, but it's fucking awesome. I actually love the first Jack Reacher. I don't know if I'm as in love with it. I think it's also because I just remember Jack Reacher 2 being so bad. But Jack Reacher 2 is awful. It is I- just the epitome of awful, but I also love that it's called Never Go Back. It's like, yes, let's never go back kind of visiting. <laughs> it's absolutely not I, the original jack reacher though i just it, i'm a i'm a I, I do kind of feel like it's they had a simple concept simple movie i mean it has a it has a good plot it's obviously like a decent book but like as far as the actual movie style it's like pretty straightforward but they're like let's just make this really good and we'll just bring tom cruise on and that's all we care about we're gonna spend two-thirds of our budget on tom cruise and uh and just go to town and, it, and that's like it definitely worked yeah, that that's like Tom Cruise, a movie star. Like there, there really aren't that many of those guys left where you watch them and you're like, I cannot take my eyes off this dude who's just laying it down here. And it just, it, it's so good. And that is, I feel like perfect evidence of that. Like where that movie with someone else, even if they're a great actor, just doesn't, is not the same movie. That started the uh, Chris, Christopher McQuarrie love affair, or maybe not started. Did he, did Christopher McQuarrie do um, Ghost Protocol or was that Brad Bird? That was Brad Bird. All right, then I think this started the Christopher McQuarrie love affair and love affair, and this is why we got the uh, the two later Mission Impossible movies, and now the third and fourth, seemingly. Yeah. Just side note. I got a lot of trailers. Oh, the new one looks good. Always does. <clears throat> yeah. Nothing like a Mission Impossible trailer. All right, uh, Stegs. Before we get into our fifth pick, let's do a quick recap. Stegs, what do you have on your squad right now? I have Mission Impossible Fallout. I have Edge of Tomorrow. I have Top Gun. And now I have Jack Reacher. My squad as currently constructed is a few good men, Jerry Maguire, Collateral, and The Firm. Beam, what do you have? Mine are currently 
The Last Samurai, and then Minority Report, The Color of Money, and Vanilla Sky. All right, so we have two picks left each. Steggs, what's the first one to kick it off here? Just a quick aside before we do that. I said, Corey, I feel like you have very evidence that you are not part of the snake part of this draft because you have a much more rounded squad than my aggressive drop-off at four. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Tropic Thunder. I like it. That was That's out a good there pick at five. Yeah. Not even, like, there are other picks that might be, like, I don't know, like, I guess more famous or something like that, or more cruise vehicles anyways if you will um but in this particular instance it's just like it's such a good movie and it's a very memorable role and i'm a fan i mean it's super memorable it's the only time cruise has really done that and like been willing to poke fun at himself in that way and like play this complete caricature i guess the only other time would be when he made that cameo in a gold member uh so it's really it's really something and he's actually like full-on hilarious in this movie Tropic Thunder is a fantastic pick because holy motherfucking shit, his performance in that is just absolutely wild. Like, it's one of those things where I had to re... It actually helped me reconsider Tom Cruise. I'm like, oh, okay, so he can have these really, truly wacky, goofy comedic moments and nail it. So, solid choice. Agreed. That's what I wanted Rock of Ages to be, but it just wasn't. It's funny because he's still not bad in that movie, but it's just a really not good movie. Yeah, it does kind of wasted. Oh, so you didn't think that was a good movie? Rock of Ages? Oh, uh, Rock do of you? Ages. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying <laughs> Thunder. Sorry. Keep up, Beam. Moral of the story here is Beam loves Rock of Ages. <laughs> no, I, I remember watching that movie that night. That was That was the worst. In terms of all the movies that we had to watch, Rock of Ages was the worst movie of all the Tom Cruise movies. I actually think I slight liked it slightly more than American Made. I hated American Made so fucking much. Really? I did. I don't know why. I was unreasonably annoyed by that movie. I think I hated it so much that I loved it. (laughs) I'm surprised. I thought that was like a – it wasn't a great movie, but I thought it was a pretty solid movie. No, you don't really think that. American Made? I think it's an interesting story. Is it? Yeah, it's a real true story. I know, but man. Wait, hold on, hold on. No, 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 fuck this. No, you're not going to say that it's not an interesting story. There literally is a dude who is just a, who's running, uh, who's running drugs from a fucking uh, South American country. And then also literally has the Iran, like basically is a major part of the Iran Contra scandal in the U.S. That is an interesting story. Yeah, I've seen Blow before. It's fine. Exactly. No, it, it felt like it felt like blow, but uh, that that's the point, though. Is that you can't say it's not an interesting story as far as like an actual story is concerned. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel I just feel like it was a really great moment that we were just able to unlock Stegs's anger. I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> no, I just don't want to toss out like look at this this bullshit toss out. Not an interesting story. Like what the fuck do we want? Fucking dragons in there or something? I hate yes. that movie. Yes, I want dragons. No, I mean, I, I don't think it's. I, said, I don't think it was. It was like a forgettable movie, but I don't think it was a bad, straight up bad movie. I would I need direct evidence why it's bad. Like, you'd say why it's bad then. You'd say it's I bad. was just, I was just unreasonably annoyed throughout its runtime. I, I'm saying it. I was unreasonable about it, but I was unreasonably annoyed. His accent okay. that he decided to, or whatever, just seemingly faded in and out of throughout the entire movie. So that seems more like a, like a, <laughs> like an anecdotal reason to be say it's a bad movie, though, right? 
no, it's right. a constant. I'm not, I'm not here to die on the hill of American made. I, I don't, it's not even like in the list of things I was even thinking about, but I just think it's a funny movie to be like, that's horrible. First off, this is the most contentious this podcast has ever been. Second of all, it's because of American. <laughs> you're, you're, you're dead. That's my me. favorite. <laughs> I said I was unreasonably annoyed by it. Come on. Um, all right. So my next pick, because it is still on the board and because it is my favorite movie that Cruz has ever been a part of, it has to be Magnolia. It's not a cruise movie, which is why I let it slip slow, low, and I also figured people wouldn't pick it, but it's also one of his best performances. He was nominated for an Oscar for this, well-deserved. TJ Mackey is a full-on piece of shit, and Cruise embodies that nearly perfectly. And, you know, Stegs, you mentioned him working with directors at the peak of their powers. This is Paul Thomas Anderson coming off of Boogie Nights, and Tom Cruise was like, yeah, let's jump on that ship. So I'll take my prestige pick here and uh, go with Magnolia. Prestige is the right choice of word. I mean, it's a three-hour epic with frogs falling out of the sky. It's fucking prestige as fuck. And his performance in it, too, is just completely mind-altering, meaning just, like, what is going on? I feel like I'm watching Acid while listening to him. He's actually yeah. doing a really good job. Like, you can see why he's able to lead a cult such as Scientology so well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of realness to that movie that makes it slightly uncomfortable. I can be honest, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, and I don't have a hard opinion on it. I do all the people involved. I know I'm sure it's a great movie, but it's not really on my radar all as much as it probably should be. One of those movies that like people continually like, oh, you should watch that movie, and like where it comes up, it's like, oh, that's a, that's one of those movies that keeps like falling through the cracks for me. But I just can't really get myself to watch it. It's not the most rewatchable. I'll say that. No. Much. No, I've probably seen it twice. Like, if I'm going back to a PTA movie, it's going to be Boogie Nights or There Will Be Blood. But, or even The Master. I mean, I'd take that. Yeah. But it's a movie that I really do enjoy. It's just kind of a tough sit at three hours about, like, this kind of uh, kaleidoscope of depressing-ass lives in Los Angeles. It's not, it's not an easy <laughs> movie to watch, but it's very good. And I know you're all about watchability, Steg. So, you know, here in the fifth round, I'm going to take a me pick. And I'm going to go with my prestige douchey picks. No, I mean, I think uh, I, I, I was I was honestly surprised it lasted that long. Uh, I thought one of you guys would scoop it up. Um, I'm, I'm surprised Vanilla Sky went before uh, Magnolia, but we'll just leave it at that, right? Well, well, again, we talked about our personal picks, but, you know, at least none of us chose American Made yet. I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> Stegs is uh, going to take a spite pick of American Made. So American Made, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like to revise my, uh, my list. My, I would choose American Made one through six. <laughs> All my picks, American made. <laughs> All right, Beam, it's your last two picks to round out your roster. What do you got for us? Hey, I got to do Charlie Babbitt from Rain Man, right? Like that kind of feels like one of the ones I have to do. It's a, it's a, it's not, I guess, I mean, it is a Tom Cruise movie. It's a Dustin Hoff movie, but it's Tom Cruise, obviously, uh, who plays a very good job of being the counterpart in this and also really great role where he plays a massive asshole. Like a just like colossal asshole where, who you know, you kind of get conflicted and it's with him and his brother and he clearly takes advantage, but you can see Tom Cruise playing the sleazy, uh, you know, older brother who's really willing to take advantage. But yeah, I mean, that that's, that's obviously I go with Charlie Babbitt or Rain Man. I'm sorry. Well, he's not the Rain Man, but that is fair enough. I know he's not the Rain Man. Yes. <laughs> no, that's a solid pick. I mean, it's not my favorite cruise movie and no, it's honestly I mean, aged pretty poorly fun. for me yeah like i i tried to watch it again when we were doing all the cruise movies and i got about halfway through and i was like man this isn't nearly as good as i remember i remember loving it as a kid 
I was like, damn, this movie is uh, not that good. Oh, but, I still I liked mean, it when I watched it. Movie. Yeah. Stag's thoughts on The Rain Man? Oh, he's ready to move on from this one, too. Uh, yeah, this is another one that I just kind of have lukewarm feelings on. It's a good movie. I'm actually, again, surprised it lasts long, but I kind of feel like the fact that it lasted that long is kind of indicative of just where it falls. It's in wine picking now and what's left. <laughs> yeah, well, I think also, like, I mean, it's not as legendary as the other movies, but also I think, like you said, it's very much a like Dustin Hoffman is what you remember from that movie. Like, I, I if it was someone else other than Cruz, I would have, like, I don't think the movie changes that much. No, I would agree with that. But it also, like, for me, as much as, yes, it's a Dustin Hoffman movie, maybe it's because of my bias towards Tom Cruise. I also don't think I can think about this movie without thinking about Tom Cruise as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I just, like, at this point, I just, you know, I, know, I guess it just doesn't, it's not one of those ones that stands out to me, even though it is obviously, like, a, a pretty famous movie. Yeah. All right, Beam. Close out your roster, number six. This is fucking hard. Yeah, it's uh, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I am going to go with the ultimate wild card card in David Sean from the movie Taps. Uh, It's not a Tom Cruise movie by any means, but talk about a guy that's ready. Talk about a guy that's ready to give it his all. Literally does for one of the dumbest reasons of all time, but. God damn it, does he just lose his shit at the end of the film? Like, the, the the scene that will always stick with me is just him just firing off multiple, like, I don't know what you call that fucking thing, but just, like, just firing it off at everyone and anyone that he can, just ready to defend that place. Stegs, I know you haven't seen it, but uh, Tom Cruise goes full fucking ham in this movie. Like, uh, loses his dick. shit. And it's pretty wild seeing Tom Cruise go for it like that. And very early on in his career, I'm not going to lie, in his second movie, I'm not going to lie, though, Endless Love was kind of in the running for me here, just because, I mean, what Billy does and how he does it, phenomenal. Yeah, you already lost this draft by picking Vanilla Sky in the fourth round, so you might as well just go Endless Love. I don't even know what winning a draft means. I don't even know what you guys are trying to do with this. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to have the best roster of movies. And in order to do so, my last pick is going to be a personal favorite that no one else really likes or talks about, but I think deserves a little bit more uh, credit for being kind of good. No, I hate Days of Thunder. Steggs knows this. Um, I'm going with Night and Day. Son of a bitch, man. That was mine. (laughs) I kind of like that movie. He's super movie. Him and Cameron Diaz. It's kind of a solid action movie. I'm, I'm a fan. I don't know why. I just like it. No, that's a good movie. I tell you, it's a James Mangold movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, that, that is a, a, again, if we're talking about watchability, that is a very, very watchable movie. Cameron Diaz is great. Uh, it's just a fun movie. Like, it's it, it was during an era when they were just like, it just kind of came out of nowhere, too. It's just kind of like a random, like, rom-com, but fun action movie. It's like you can put it on, on any idle Wednesday and just throw it on there and it's good to go. Uh, fun movie. Good movie. Yeah, I would have picked super it. watchable for being kind of a nothing thing, and I quite enjoyed it more than I probably should. Better than it has business being. All right, Stegs, round us out. What's your last pick? <sighs> well, honestly, that was the last one of the bunch that was like, Taps, I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm pretty torn because, I mean, I know you picked Taps, which is like, I mean, how big of a role does he have in Taps is the question. It's not really that significant except for really the ending. Probably got like 20 minutes of screen time, maybe. Yeah, this is tough. This is I mean, tough. you already have Tropic Thunder, so. I know. I mean, like my 
my one of my picks like wouldn't really he's barely in it you know and i mean he's he's like borderline not really a character even though it's a good movie um, you go on the outsiders i was yeah. gonna maybe pick the outsiders oh. but i just don't feel like the, I, I don't want to put that on the tom cruise <clears throat> list it's just not like a good enough like it's not a cruise movie he's in it just, but just, just say cocktail and we'll get out of here no i do like the Cocktail's opening kind of scene bad. of cocktail before they start Start talking though, know, like like when they're just on the bus. That's just like the epitome of nineteen eighties openers thing. Um, no, I'm gonna roll with I'm gonna roll with Born on the Fourth of July. I think that's the right pick with what's left. With, with what's left. With what's left. Yeah, it would be either that or Interview with a Vampire. Both like oh, all right. both in that same vein of movies. Um, I mean, he was nominated for an Oscar for Born on the Fourth of July. One of his yeah. two. Or three Oscar nominations? I think he only has two. I think he only has two. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good movie. It's not, like I said, it's nothing like, I'm not thrilled out of the pick, but it's just, it is what is left. I feel like those two are the movies that make the most sense, and I've seen Born on the Fourth of July more than Interview with the Vampire. Um, a good, solid movie. Uh, I feel like there's been a lot of movies similar to that since um, and before, <laughs> but uh, yeah. but it is, it's a well-done movie. Talk about also working with a director when they're kind of towards the peak. That would be Oliver Stone, right? Yeah, coming off Platoon. Yep. And uh, talk show, I believe. And, big, and big JFK, deal. right? And, and uh, what's the one? JFK was, was immediately after. Immediately after? Cool. Yeah. In that arc. But I don't know what you, what you guys feel about, about that movie. Any opinions? Uh, great performance by him. Not my favorite Oliver Stone not my favorite movie of that type. I feel like if it had leaned harder into the late period and the political activism, I know you had to set up the other stuff, but it felt like it spent too long with that. I would have liked it more, but you know, solid, good movie. No problems. Yeah. I kind of feel like I picked like a kicker in like the, at the end here when I normally would just like free agent on that one, but, um, you know, the last is free agent is. From you. I mean, the one yeah. that kind of sticks in my head is, is, um, is the one with the sex worker and he just pulls out the tube that will forever be burned in my mind. Uh, just him just being pissed off about what he has for a penis. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no, no, it's, it's one, it's one that I watch. I'm like, this is grueling. And yeah, I really wish I could have gotten more to the part of, uh, of the political activism part, because I do like sort of that contrast where he started wanting to go to war, feeling like he had to fight for his country and then finding out how, how much he got fucked. So, yeah, I mean, you can definitely get a great job talking about comparisons now to then, like he was really, he was trying hard at that time in his career to just be an actor, actor. And that was, like I said, so that was an excellent movie in that regard. Uh, He was really good in it. And that scene where his, I think it's, it's like his kidneys are failing or like something like that. And he, it's just where his legs die or his legs snap. So it's that whole scene when he's in like the rehab afterwards, uh, that's just, it, that stays with me a little bit. I'm not, a, I'm not really, honestly, it's not a huge fan of the movie. It's good, but, um, it's what's left. Yeah. So the two that I will say that are left on the board that I do enjoy are eyes wide shut. I'm a fan of, it's not Pete Kubrick, but I do like the way that it's playing with the Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise of it all in real time. That's funny and interesting to me. And then I have a deep, deep affection for All the Right Moves, even though it's a bad movie. I actually quite like All the Right Moves. Um, 
and it's early cruise. It's my favorite early cruise, even more so than risky business, which I know is like probably blasphemous to say because a lot of people love risky business, but all the right moves I'm a huge fan of. I feel like uh, War of the Worlds gets a bad rap. I think that's a good movie. Um, War, War of the Worlds got a bad rap, and it was the reason I avoided it. And then when I watched it, I'm like, actually, don't hate this. No, it's a, it's a very well done movie. I think it's just it's War of the Worlds. It's a, with like a hard, just kind of like a hard topic, and not like not like subject matter, but just like it's a famous uh, property. So I think it's just hard. But I mean, it's very very. There's some effects in that movie that are like really amazing. Um, so I think it's a solid movie. I remember seeing it, like I said, I saw that on my birthday, but uh, it just didn't feel like a movie I wanted to choose. <laughs> so, nah, doesn't stick with me at all. I, I don't like that movie. I'm one of the people who gives it a bad rap. Not sure why I don't like it. Just I remember being unreasonably annoyed by it. it seems like something that goes around a lot over there. <laughs> yeah. There's certain movies that I watch that I'm just like, I hate this and I'm not sure why. <laughs> That's very funny. I gotta say on here though, I I did like Oblivion. I enjoyed that one. It was that and Edge of Tomorrow that I watched back to back, and I just kind of enjoyed watching it. It's not his best. It gets boring. Um, but otherwise I I didn't I didn't hate it in terms of I didn't I didn't hate it, but there are large swaths, like you said, where I'm just bored out of my skull in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I felt like a bad script that got elevated by the team who worked on it. Yeah, like, I agree. Like a, it, Tom Cruise. Yeah, it, well, also, I mean, I forget who directed that movie, but like, it was there's some good actors. It's uh, in the movie. Joseph Kaczynski who is directing the new Top Gun movie. Oh, nice. I'm I'm far too curious about it. Um, oh, and Days of Thunder. I love that movie. Don't really care. I, it's such I a trash it. movie. I get it. I understand. I know you hate it, but I also fucking love it. I mean, I'm it's a movie about race cars. I'm into it. Not that I also, can't race cars, but far far and away is out there. <laughs> no. Speaking no. of I'm just bored for large swaths, I'm bored for the whole fucking movie. It's so that boring. Movie. And a bet and a, and a, a movie. Talk about a long time. A wishy washy accent too. Yeah. Oh Seriously. my god. I can't believe they had him do that movie. All right. So since we just got into far and away, it's clearly time to end this podcast. No, we haven't talked more about losing it. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. No more. All right. So, Stegs, finally, recap your team. What's your final squad look like? I'm really tapered off to the end there. <laughs> uh, I got Mission Impossible Fallout, Edge of Tomorrow, Top Gun, Jack Reacher. What did I pick fifth, man? I'm why? Why am I blanking? I have... Tropic Thunder. Ah, there it is, Tropic Thunder, and the lowly sixth pick that I had last of the draft. Born on the 4th of July. So my team is looking like a few good men. Uh, Jerry Maguire, Collateral, The Firm, Magnolia, and Night and Day. I I'm think bitter. I won. That's I'm, bitter solid. About, I'm, I'm bitter about the Night and Day aspect. I'm really not bitter about anything about that. I understand why you, I, why I under, understand why you chose those picks. But, like, yeah, those are just the ones you, you – yeah, sure, they're the cool kids. But if you want to get weird, I think you want to get with my team. Yeah, sorry I picked the best movie as being. Go ahead. What's your weird team? My team is The Last Samurai, Minority Report, The Color of Money, Vanilla Sky. Oh, no, I'm blanking on the fifth one, too. I know what it is, though. It's just going to give me a second. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, Rain Man and Taps. 
Because I got a guy that is literally just willing to go balls out on y'all. The fact that there's taps in the six in in eighteen movies of Tom Cruise is is blowing my mind here. Welcome Watch to our taps. Podcast. You'll probably like it. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just be unreasonably annoyed by it. Yeah, maybe I'm unreasonably annoyed by a lot of movies. <laughs> All right, so we are going to post these teams on our social media, and you can vote for who won. That is how we will decide who won. You can find us on Instagram at Back Porch Media and on Twitter at Porchback Media and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to these things. Stegs, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Always happy to be here. Also, a shout out to uh, John Yost is currently raising funds for his film, uh, Get Me Off This Fucking Planet, Quincy. That'll be on your uh, your nearest fundraising websites soon. Son of a bitch has been all over this podcast. Produced by the APB. Yost is on temporary leave from this podcast after what he did on the last one, which I don't even remember, but I was annoyed by it. Unreasonably. Well, unreasonably? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did he do? I'm, I'm oh curious. my God, I think I remember this now. It was because he was trying to make some sort of point about collaboration. He just wouldn't stop talking about Port of Call New Orleans in a Nick Cage podcast that did not include that era of Nick Cage. So I was oh, just like dumb. unreasonably annoyed with Yost. <laughs> That's not unreasonably. We weren't there to talk about Florida. Yeah, it's no. All right, Beam, it's also been a pleasure having you. Hi. And we are going to get out of here. See y'all.